We're back. Minds Like Minds podcast. I'm your host, R.L. Melpika. And I'm the co-host, Chef Definition. And uh, we got a really good show today. we got a special mm-hmm. guest in the house joining us via Zoom, Christian De La Huerta. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, um, R.L. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, sure, man. sir. Excited to have you uh, on the show, man. And uh, Christian is a, a breathwork practitioner and also author of um, most recent release, Awakening the Soul of Power, showing everybody there. So make sure you pick that up. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, let me make sure that I got you uh, right on this Zoom call before we get going, if you don't mind. How's your day been so far? Going pretty well. Awesome. Pretty well. Some ups and downs like many days. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, for, the most part, for the most part, good. Good, man. Good. What part of, what part of the country are you in? Um, I'm usually based in Miami, but I am in uh, New Jersey, Lambertville, New Jersey. Lambertville, New Jersey. Okay, interesting. I don't, I've never been there. I haven't been to Miami either. You know, I've heard Miami's a pretty beautiful place. I haven't it had the pleasure. It is. <laughs> it is a beautiful place. Yeah, that's good. And very, you know, very multicultural, very international. That's great. Yeah. International. Okay. So, um. I want to talk about, I want to start off just kind of introducing you to, to our audience, um, kind of how you got to where you are now, kind of your journey, um, you know, to, to where you're at today, man. So, um, you know, take your time and, and, and kind of let us know how, how you got to be, you know, author of a, this is your second book. It's my second book. Second book, you know, how you got to this, to this position. You know, as, as you can imagine, it's been a long journey. I, I was born in Cuba. Uh, I lived there for the first 10 years of my life. So I lived in a communist country for, for the first part of my life. And so, I, you know, I, I say that I, I'm an unlikely person to be talking about personal power or what it means to live a heroic life in the 21st century. Because during that time, I was, you know, as a communist regime, most people don't know that so many of the liberties and the freedoms that we take for granted, they're just not available. So the state pretty much owns you and tells you what to do and what you can study and all that kind of stuff. And also, I was raised in a very Catholic uh, family. So another very hierarchical power over structure in which you're pretty much told what to believe and what's right and what's wrong and and all that kind of stuff. Um, And when we came to the States, I was I was really shy. and I was a good student. That that was one of the benefits of having been raised in, in Cuba. We had a TV, but there was nothing worth watching. So I grew up reading, and so okay. and we grew up inventing and creating our own our own games and playing outside. And for that, I'm all really grateful. Um, but listen to this because it's interesting. I had a pretty much a 4.0 in high school, except for one B. And I didn't set out to do this. I didn't do this intentionally. But I, I know looking back on it that I sabotaged my grade point average so that I wouldn't have to get up in front of a room of hundreds of people and give the valedictorian speech. There is no way, no way at all that I could have done that then. And, and so it's, it's a testament that, I, you know, that today I'm a public speaker and I'm a professional speaker. I speak all over the world. I've done <clears throat> TEDx uh, talks spoken at a bunch of universities that I can do that today is a testament for the teachings that I read about because I I know that we can all overcome whatever fears we have allowed to hold us back whatever challenges we've had to face um, I know that that's all possible wow wow I mean growing up in Cuba um, I mean with like we do we do we take a lot of things for granted here in America uh, we're spoiled um, you know especially if <laughs> you know if you've only lived in America extremely um, but let me ask you this, uh, for someone who's actually experienced um, being owned by the state, do you see any similarities to what's going on in today's America with what you dealt with in Cuba? You know, I mean, we can get into into that conversation about, you know, about Big Brother and who's really running the government, but there are some really big differences. Um, like, yeah, the system is, is is stacked against some of us, and, and there's there's people that have a lot of advantage and a lot of privilege, and that's fortunately coming up for all of us to look at. Um, and, and we know there is such a thing as systemic racism, and we know the system has, has been set up towards that, right. and it's still possible to get out of that, right? It's still possible to pop out of that. 
And we have so many examples of people who have. Uh, so we know it's doable. In, in a communist regime, you just don't have that kind of choice. Gotcha. Right? We, you can't just decide, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to study X. You know, it's like you're pretty much told. Um, the system tells you what you can do and what you can't do. Um, and, and which is one of you know, it's, it's, a, it's a gift and that even in spite of the way that the system is unfair, that it is possible that you can override that. You can even overcome all the disadvantages. It is possible to do. And we have plenty of examples of people who have. So like um, you, you say that the government kind of like owns y'all or kind of like, yeah. okay, okay. So like, is, is there like a, like, I guess like a, you get to a certain age and you become, I guess, independent or whatever is. Well, not even that on the contrary, like we, when we left, when I was, 10 and there was a sense of urgency around it because i think at age 12 or 13 i can't remember exactly you pretty much became property of the state so especially as a as a guy i had to do i would have had to become like you know do, do the military thing like you didn't have a choice about oh, that wow. so i would have had even at that age you have to go do and you have to go spend um i can't remember if it was just months or a year but doing like working out on the farms doing farm work um, and you don't have a choice about that. For it's mandatory. Like farm work for the government. For the government, yeah, it's at, all for the government. At twelve or thirteen years old. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, and I don't know if it's wow. still set up like that, but that's right. the way that it used to be then. Well, I mean, they say not much has changed, <laughs> you know, as 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 far as that goes. Um, well, you, you and, and here's, I mean, and those are the big, the big. But here's the thing that that to help people understand, like, what's chewing gum to us here in the states. It's like nothing, right? You stick a piece of gum in your mouth and you spit it out. You don't even think about it. Right. We had it better than most because my dad, my, my parents had friends who worked in foreign embassies. So once in a while, you know, like maybe twice a year, we get a pack of the chiclets. I don't know if you even remember. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Chiclets, and, you know, I'm one of nine kids. So a lot of kids, we used to like get one or two chiclets each. Um, and what we do is like we chew it all day. And then at the end of the day, get a glass of water, put like a little bit of water in the bottom, put some toothpaste, put our gum in it and stir it up. So it'd be minty the next day and then hide it. So my mom wouldn't throw it out. Mm. And as long as we hit it, we could keep that gum going for like, you know, two, three weeks until she found it. On the <laughs> yeah. Can wow. you imagine? Whoa. <laughs> I know. Wow, that is so interesting, man. Um, I know. I mean, with you talking about kind of your your progression to who you are now from who you was as a kid, who you were as a kid, um, and it sounds like you obviously, eat, you know, you're shy. Maybe you had some social anxiety, um, you know, especially to somewhat sabotage yourself from making a speech in front of your class. Talk about that progression. I mean, I know you talk a lot about it in the book, some of the steps and, and, and whatnot, um, but kind of let everyone know, like, like what was that process like? And ultimately what got you on that process? Yeah. And, and I know Arl, that you, you teach about this. I know that you speak about the, the imprisonment of the mind. Right. Uh, and, and so for anybody that wants to have a sense of personal empowerment, anybody that wants to have relationships, relationships that actually have a chance to work or, or have a sense of, of meaning and, and a life that is fulfilling there's no way around that. We have to understand how the mind works and how, how it keeps us in a, in a self-made prison of fear and insecurity and self-doubt. And, and it is possible to break through it, but, we, but that's why this book is the first of a series of three that talks about what it means to live heroically, because it's, it takes work, right? To go through life unconsciously, to go through life just kind of coasting and drifting and reacting to circumstances and feeling victimized and done to, and, and at the effect of other people's expectations and judgments and demands, anybody can do that. To, to like really step into ourselves and reclaim our power and figure out who we are and what makes, it, what makes us do the things we do takes work. And, yes. and it's not easy, right? It's nothing short of heroic, but it is so worth it. It is infinitely worth it because the, the reward is freedom. We get to decide who we are and what we're here for, right? And nobody can tell us that. And so... And so, so connecting it to the theme of power, most of us have an ambivalent relationship to power. Like, like we're conflicted about it. We want it, but at the same time, we're afraid of it. And I think at the core of that fear is that we think we might abuse it. Mm -hmm. And no wonder, right? All we got to do is turn on the news on any given day. 
to witness at least one abuse of power. Add to that the fact that we've been conditioned to believe that power is a bad thing. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. So what good person wants to be corrupted? What good person wants to be an abuser of power? So what they didn't tell us, though, is that that quote about power corrupting, uh, Lord Acton, the guy who said it, was talking specifically about political power, Mm -hmm. not interpersonal power, which is what we're talking about here tonight. So add to that mix the fact that we're afraid of the emotions. We've been conditioned to think that the emotions are bad, especially as guys, right? We were told, you know, we've been conditioned to think that emotions are weakness. Little boys don't cry. Since we were kids, we've been told little boys don't cry because that's weakness. And so there's a price to pay for that, right? So put all that into a mix. We run away from conflict. We hate confrontation. And what happens when you put all that together is we give our power away, like our power that is inherent to us. Nobody can give it to us. Nobody can take it away. We are the only ones who can give it away. And the the tragic part, the lame part of this is that we end up giving it away for an illusion of security, for a false sense of acceptance, and for crumbs, for morsels of pseudo love because it's not even real love. Damn, that's heavy. That is is really heavy. And so true, man. Right. Um, You know, with power, you know, you brought up um, kind of the stigmas that go along with men specifically. Um, But mental health's a part of that, too, you know, um, because that's looked at as weakness. And, you know, lack of power and lack of self-love and lack of self-worth, you know, usually leads to a road, leads down a road to mental health which also has those same stigmas. So it's like you're fighting, you're constantly fighting battles just to get back to where your original self should be. Right. Um, and that's, and then, and the, and the further you go, the harder it is to come back. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's important for people like you and, and, and all of us who are, who are about this, about this enlightenment and about awakening the soul of power within us and being heroic. Um, it's important for us to talk about these things and, and, and kind of preach this out there and practice it at the same time um, to, to build a community of powerful people, you know, exactly. because we, we have so much power within us, within our, within our soul, within our spirit. And, and we just, most of us just don't realize it because we've been conditioned and indoctrinated for so long that we don't even believe in the concept of personal power. Like right. they think power is attained through external factors. It's right. not, exactly. it's yeah. always, it's, it, it starts within yeah. and, 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 yeah. and there's no power you can get out there. There right. is no, I mean, it's all facade. It's all right. fake. It's all Fugazi. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, illusion. Like, 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 Oh, yeah. Damn right. And, and that's that's exactly where we get confused. Yes. Because we tend to think of power as, you know, people who have money, people who are famous, yep. people who are high up in some kind of hierarchy, whether it's a corporate ladder or some kind of institution. But all those powers is what you're talking about. They're outside of us. So they're because of that, they're here today, gone tomorrow. Exactly. And, and that's one of the ways in which we're seeing that COVID has served without minimizing the tragic parts of it. Right. One of the ways in which has helped is that it's helped us to see, like, what are we going to place our trust on? What are we going to, because, you know, there's so many, how many jobs, how many corporations just went belly up. Yeah. And so much, so many people whose, whose identity was based on that job suddenly is like, who am I and what am I here for? Yes. And if they're willing to do the work, then it's great. Where so, so the other kind of power that we're talking about is soulful power, spiritual power. It's inside each and every one of us. It's, it's where, you know, where worldly power is, is arrogant and it has an agenda right. and it has trying to prove something. Right. Um, the other, you know, soulful power has nothing to prove. It just is. And, and just it's is. humble. Like, so think of a Gandhi or a Gandalf, you know, from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and yeah. Simple monastic robes, their sandal feet. You would never know how much power they hold until it's needed. And then watch out. Like Gandhi brought the British Empire to its knees without ever shooting a gun or landing a punch when it was at its highest point. And it's those same principles of, of nonviolence that Dr. King then also used yes. and changed the world without violence, yep. without shooting a gun. Yep. Talk uh, about power. I could dig. I could dig. I could dig. Not, not too big of fan of Gandhi though <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I mean I dig where you're coming from with it but yeah I'm not nah, not Gandhi man <laughs> um, yeah you've all, you've had you've had a you've had because Gandhi was also um, a, a renowned racist 
super racist. Yeah, I can mm. see that. Super extreme <laughs> racist. Like, huh. like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> see, because like a lot of people, a lot of people pair him with um, Martin Luther King Jr. But in honesty, he didn't even want to meet Martin Luther King Jr. You know what I'm saying? Because he has he's a racist. You know what I'm saying? So hmm. he, he didn't even want to meet him at the time. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. We'll have to so, look that up. Like, yeah, a lot of people, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people don't know that. I mean, I understand, you know, the nonviolent movement that he, you know, he, that he spoke on, but you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. know, and, and that, that goes a lot, especially when we're talking about in the past, you know, we're talking 50, 60, 70 years ago, things of that nature. Um, sometimes, like you can admire aspects of individuals and not like other aspects of them. I mean, take it as as <laughs> I get this all the time. Like with R. Kelly, like I don't like what R. Kelly does, but he makes really good music. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or, you know, right, or, or right, whatever right. the case may be. You can separate um, certain aspects of people. Yeah. Um, you know, when you brought up power and and the way you brought it up and and attaining it and and especially from the soulful aspect of it just just is it just is um i think of the one thing i always think of is motive it always comes down to motive what are the motivations behind the aspiration of power the um the journey for power the yearning for power and once you get it the you know the the, the practice and the placement and the, 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 the action of power. Like what are the motives behind it? And that right there will kind of lead you to the truth about whoever the individual is or whatever the movement is. Like what is ultimately, what is the, 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 the genesis of it, the foundation of it? What are the motivations? Are they money motivated? Are they greed motivated? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Are, are they humanistic motivated are they spiritually motivated um yeah, yeah. especially yeah, what's, what's they come from Where, what's driving it exactly and i think that that's going to be that's the separator that's the dividing line because yeah power isn't bad i mean somebody could attain power um that could move millions you know like a martin luther king right he had power um you know the question is is that what were what were his motivations behind that power they were right. they were they were equality, equality and, 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 and genuine, sincere aspirations for something he was passionate about. Right? right. You flip the script to somebody else like a Joseph Stalin or an Adolf Hitler or Donald Trump <laughs> or Donald Trump. And where you, <laughs> where you have that, you, you know, similar, I mean, you know, similar, you know, on, on the same level playing field of power, you know, maybe Hitler and Stalin had a little bit more power, but, and you see what their motivations were. So yeah. it's, it's, there's a dividing line there and it starts with, you know, what are these, what are the, what's the individual's motivation? Yeah. And, and, you know, that's one of the ways which, by the way, um, that Trump has served us, which is like, he has made it so obvious, like that you could have all the money you, you you could ever want. You could have all the power you could have want. You could still be miserable. You could mm. be so thin-skinned. Yeah. Like you could have such a poor sense of yourself that that how you feel about yourself depends on on one tweet, yeah. on or or what other people think of you, and and that's prison. Yes. Um, yeah, that's the ego. So, that's big time ego trapped totally within his ego. own, trapped within his own ego. Total ego, total prison of the mind, and and he maxified that. He like maximize that for everybody to see right right put it right on front street yeah yeah man trump was a, a different individual but he's running again they say he's gonna run again in in 2024 so i thought he couldn't why not didn't he get impeached no he didn't he didn't get fully impeached Got impeached but not convicted yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. He, he got to okay. the to the end but we knew the senate wasn't gonna do anything about that so yeah. um well, let's let's get more into the to the book. I'm I'm six chapters in. I haven't been able to finish it yet, um, just because I've had a million things going on. But I'm liking it. I'm really liking it. I love um, kind of like how you you talk about how you got to the point you are um, to where you can start putting these things in practice, and then also the exercises that you have with it as well. And um, what are they called? Kind of like the mantras or affirmations that you have. Yeah. Like you have like a almost two pages. I wish I could just read them on the podcast because they're just one by one by one. Um, it's really good stuff. Um, 
talk about the book, like like the process of writing the book, your 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 I know what your motivations are, but kind of like what your goal is, is for this book and and kind of the series itself, because this is the first of three, correct? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So so the series is called uh, Calling All Heroes, what it means to live heroically in the 21st century when we don't have the horse hitched outside and, and the armors right. and the demons to slay, except the ones in our own heads. Yes. So, so this first book is about power. So it explains how the mind works, how we get caught caught up in, you know, what I call the self-inflicted mind fuck. Mm. Um, the, you know, the, the numbers that we do on ourselves, that harsh inner judge, um, that the ego mind, you know, that, that keeps us in a prison of, of fear and limitation. And like self-doubt and it keeps us in these patterns of relationships that sometimes it feels like we're in the same boring movie yeah with a different lead a different yeah. actor but it's the same yeah. movie i've been here before <laughs> right yeah. so why do we do that right so understanding how the mind works and why we do the things we do so that's the first part of the book then we get into power understanding the difference between worldly power or ego power and soulful power so that we can figure out a way to to step into our power so no longer willing to give it away no longer willing to play small, to hide our light under a bushel for, for the sake of all those illusions that we were talking about earlier and for, for those morsels of, of love and acceptance and, and security that we sell ourselves so cheaply for. Uh, so how do we do it in a way that doesn't require for us to, to push anybody down, step on them, put our knee to their neck in order for us to prop ourselves up and feel powerful? How do we do that in a different way? Oh, man, that's, yeah, that's, that is awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. Um, when I when I read this first part, uh, if you if you don't mind, can I read a portion of the book? Of course. Okay. Okay. You know, some some authors are like, nah, don't give anything away, man. Let them buy the book. <laughs> no, <you know? laughs> right on. Read whatever you want. Man. We're, have, we're having here a great conversations. Whatever's going to serve uh, the listeners the most, the viewers the most. Sure. You have these, um, you know. I could, mantras affirmations um you know just kind of like bullet points of things that you cover in the book and that you look to read that one read that one okay <laughs> read, read that we one. got a special request everybody yeah read, um, read that one right there but yeah a bunch of different bullet points that you know the whole calling all heroes um awakening the soul of power uh, is all about and by request from chef definition over here it is having the courage to walk away from a relationship or a job when it is clear that staying would be limiting, imprisoning, or disempowering. That's the stuff of heroes. You want to speak on that for a second? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I can definitely attest to, to that, um, both in walking away from a relationship and also walking away from a job. And, mm. I, you know, I've done it before, recently, as a matter of fact. And I didn't really look, look, and in the, um, as, as it being courage. Right. You know, because I, I was scared as hell. Of course. Like fear of the unknown. But once again, um, I was I was I was trapped in the in in my own mental prison, you know that self doubting yeah. talk that we give ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Um, that talks us out of doing something or or having the courage to do something. And I was but you know what, you know what Chef you did it you had the courage mm -hmm. like we, we see, that's an important distinction you're making because we think that to be fearless means that we don't feel fear. Mm -hmm. That's not what fearlessness means. Fearlessness means what you did. Right? You felt the fear. You felt that sense of like, oh, my God, how am I going to pay the bills? Or, or am I going to get another relationship anytime soon? Right. So we, we, you felt all those fears and you did it anyway. Right? Because you had that, that, that voice inside of you that was telling you this, this is not working. Right. This is not good for me. This is sucking the life force out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and you had that drive for more. It's like I want more. I deserve more. Mm -hmm. And so that was enough for you to override the fear of and step into the unknown. Mm -hmm. Good um, for you. That's the stuff of heroes. Thank you. Thank you. Realizing, um, personally, realizing my self worth. You know, kind of, kind of locking into that, and um, like you say, trying to get my power back, so to speak. So I can dig it. I can really dig it. Can't wait to read your book. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll um, I'll, I'll I'll double on that and just um about the fear thing is that it's all about control. Like it's 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 okay to have a, that's why they say a healthy fear. It's okay to have a healthy fear, just not allowing fear to control control us. Mm-hmm. And right. and and once you're able to to do that and able to kind of you know, put that line in the sand and said, yeah, it's okay to be a little scared, a little fearful of what's to come, but I'm not going to let it dictate and take power from me. You know what I mean? I'm not, right. I'm not going to give the fear that power and the relationship aspect. What, I mean, what is more disempowering than being in a toxic relationship? Yes. That's an extremely disempowering. <laughs> extremely. Because you put so much power in that other individual. Yeah. And and, and, it, and it's miserable. Everybody's miserable. Yes, exactly. It, it doesn't work. And that's the part that I, that I meant, that we settle for those morsels of pseudo-love. Because deep down inside, we know that this ain't working. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And yet, because we're afraid of either hurting them or we're afraid of being on our own, whatever the fear is, we give our power away to that. And, we, and everybody stays miserable. Wow. And the same thing with the jobs. Like... And you know, I'm not saying go out and quit your job without know, <laughs> having something else aligned. Right. But where are you going to place your trust? Right. Like we sell ourselves so cheaply. Like if you tell me I'm making, you know, 500, three quarters of a million dollars a year, then we can talk about selling ourselves. But most of us sell ourselves really cheap for yeah, way less than that. Yes. We and do. we're selling and we're selling ourselves for that illusion of security of a biweekly paycheck. <laughs> illusion because like we're yes. discovering like the company could be here today gone tomorrow and an illusion because the entire global economic system is made up it's a facade. We, used to, we used to say it was dollars that was paper it's not even that it's just ones and zeros that somebody made up it's living in a cloud somewhere yes. it doesn't even exist. exist is that what we're going to give our power away to is that what we're going to place our trust on i'm not no that's that's deep that's deep because that if, if you truly think about it, you're you're exactly right. I mean, the majority of people are selling themselves so cheap and 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 putting so much energy in some in something or a company that can give a fuck about them. Right. Like I yeah. I one of my biggest aha moments and awakening moments is when I was laid off from a job that I loved for a major corporation, and and I just saw how quick they can pull the rug out from under me. I mean, yeah. just just like that and completely change your life. And do you think that the board of directors of that company gives a damn about me? Hell no. I'm a number. I'm nothing but a number to them. And that's why I told myself, you know what? Never again. Yeah. I'll never get attached to working for somebody else again. Right. Ever. Right. Right. It, I, I took the scenic route on that on that um, but, but to get to that point. But I, I feel that as well, because like leaving the work field or the workforce, Roughly like 15 years ago, 12, 13, maybe about 13, 14 years ago, um, because I got tired of them telling me I can't work over 40 hours. <laughs> right. And, and all I wanted to do was come to work and work. You know what right. I'm saying? Come to work, work, um, put in a good day's work and, and go home and, and, you know what I'm saying, tend to my family. So when I left the job force to become a barber, you know what I'm saying, um, it was it was that very reason that all I want to do is work. So when I get my barber's license, um, nobody can tell me that I got to stop working. Man, was I fucking wrong? <laughs> you know, so then you run into, well, you know, um, we got to close the barbershop at this time. We open it up at this time. Uh, you can't have anybody here after these hours. You can't have anybody here. Uh, well, I'm, when I'm ready to go, everybody's ready to go. So I'm like, this is some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. it drove me to create my studio in my home. Right. So, you know, I could, I, my passion, one of my passions, cooking and cutting hair, you know what I'm saying? So I can, you know, so I can, you know, keep on going and, and take care of my clientele. So I can, I can test to all that. For sure. Be your own boss, man. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And that's heroic. Thank right? you. You, you. You took a chance. Yeah. Thank you and so you much. And you bet on yourself. You bet on yourself, yeah, but the, now you're now you're your own boss. Right, right, right. And, and who who better to bet on than yourself? Right, right. Exactly. Like like you bet on like when you bet sports or you bet you stocks. You know you you bet a stock. I mean, I shouldn't say bet, even though it is kind of a bet. You play the stock market. Like you're gonna do your research. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna know that stock. You're gonna know that company. 
you know, to the to the T, just like sporting events. You're going to know what's going on, who's injured, where they're playing, what's the weather, all those things. Horse races, you know, how do they do on on that type of clay clay dirt? Yeah, in in that style of race and this that and the other. You know what I'm saying? You know yourself. We know ourselves better than any anything or anybody. So why not bet on ourselves? Exactly. It's like I've been I've been working for myself for 30 years. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow, that's, that's beautiful. That's, that is and inspiring. You know, like anything else in life, there's peaks and there's valleys. And, <laughs> All right. But you know that the sense of freedom and the fact that I get to do what I want, that I'm living my mission, that I'm living my purpose, and that I know what I do makes a difference in real human lives. I wouldn't trade that right. for anything. That's right. anything. I can dig I can so dig that. That's I mean amazing. like you say that the freedom to kind of write your own ticket. You know, yeah. I, I was just telling my mom just just yesterday, because I, I have an event coming up, but um, being a personal chef, I I can open up my mind and I can be artistic again. Yeah, mm. I can. I no can. Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, I can appreciate colors, textures, smells, tastes, things of this nature. I can get in my bag and I can become extremely creative. And to have a market of people waiting to taste my creativity mm. <laughs> it don't get no better than that no, no, you know what I'm saying no, it just don't get any better making, you're kind of making me hungry <laughs> <laughs> hey where are, you, where are you based where do you um, live I, um, in Dallas in we're Dallas, Dallas. We're, we're in Dallas and um, you know it's a home based business and um, I just love I love actually I think I honestly think that my purpose is to serve yeah. Ser- serve the people Serve the people. I, I'm, I'm a I'm a big game hunter. I hunt for smiles um, and happiness. That's that's what I look for with, with my food. You know, that's that's it. Like, you know, everything I've learned over the years, I just want to put it back into the food and, and give back to the people. I love that your philosophy about that is like as soon as we can. You know, I don't know when, but when, whenever we can, I'll go back to doing weekend retreats. We'll talk about having you come cook at one of them. Oh, I would, wow. I would absolutely love to do that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, hear, I, I hear the love and the passion in, in when you speak about your. Food. I tell him that all the time. Man. <laughs> like he'll 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 be describing like the most mundane, you know, the, the smallest thing, and I'll you know I'll say it's like toast with egg and avocado. He's like, nah, but it's got blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. I got you. <laughs> um. You, you brought up your retreats. Um, speak about that. How did that come about? What, you know, kind of give us like a, an idea of what um, what those entail. And, um, you know, you said you were going to you might start doing them again. And yeah, just kind of give us an outlook on that. Yeah, you know, I do weekend retreats. I do week long retreats. Sometimes I take people on, you know, week long or 10 days retreat to like a beautiful spiritual place like hawaii or new mexico or machu picchu and peru oh, or wow. southern france I'm taking place. <laughs> Egypt. um and and so it's my work is all the same it's right it's, it's like sometimes a retreat about personal empowerment I, wor- I work specifically with women sometimes i just work with a women's groups about women's empowerment um i work on relationships like how do how do we remove the the obstacles to love that keep us sabotaging our relationships before we even get started by attracting and falling for the wrong people people who are not a match people who are not available so so do so that so that our relationships can actually have a chance right. of working right. so like how do we approach a relationship consciously yeah. so that we so that they actually can can have a, a possibility of working I do retreats on personal empowerment. I do retreats on life purpose and stepping into leadership roles. And um, I've been doing that for a long time, for 30 years. They really are amazing. The the weekends are like Thursday night through Sunday. Um, I use breath work as a healing modality, which which is amazing and and really clears past trauma um, and and heals at so many levels. you know, I'll, whatever I do, whether it's the book, whether it's the retreats, whether it's this virtual coaching program that, that I launched this year because I had to, because I haven't been able to to do live retreats. So now I'm doing them on, you know, spread out spread out over a year um, through Zoom. But but I'm actually loving that experience because what it's allowed me to do is it's I get to spread out the teachings over the course of a year um, and, and like deliver the piecemeal, just bite-sized. 
Mm-hmm. But here's the difference with interactivity, with, with power practices that are designed to apply those teachings to our lives. So that when you walk away, it's not just that you have under, more understanding, which you will, um, but that, that your life is actually transformed and it's working better and that your relationships are working better and that you have a sense of your personal power so that you're no longer willing to give it away and, and to sell out on yourself anymore. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so a combination of, of spreading it out of the course of a year with accountability, right? That's we all need. Yes. Support. We have this so support system. So a, a tight group of people that are all doing this for their own freedom and empowerment. Um, so it's very supportive. And every two weeks they have a coaching call with me um, to keep us doing what we said we were going to do. Right. Because it's so easy to get distracted. By oh, life. yeah. Especially in today's so society. Easy to, to, so many distractions in life, you know, so we're so busy and so many things that we got to do that it's so easy to forget about ourselves, which is the priority on which yes. everything counts. That's, that's amazing. We were just talking about, um, we were just talking about, I guess not really the illusion of being busy, but the ideal of being busy. Like everyone is, is extremely busy right now. Everyone is busy doing something. Yeah. <laughs> But um, really, what the fuck are we doing? I mean, what, 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 like, what is the busy work? You know, like binging what, shows on Netflix, right? Like, so yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, we're busy doing what? You know, are are we busy? Um, you know, spinning our wheels, like like you say, you spinning know? our wheels in a toxic relationship. Yeah. Are we busy? Um, waking up and going to a place that we hate, right? What are yeah. we so busy doing? We're, yeah. What we're not doing. Is is healing? We're not yes. busy healing ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's that's what as a collective, that's what we're all here for. Here for to shine light on it. Exactly, and and you know, and that's one of the other gifts of of this last year, of the pandemic, is that it was a mandatory global timeout. Like it forced <laughs> all of us to stop and to really like go inside. Like for me, like I went from flying a hundred thousand miles a year to like zero. Just right. like that, right. just yeah. like that, out of, and out of your control, completely, yeah. right? But but that's what allowed me, right? It's like, what are we going to do with it? Like life is going to. One thing we can count on is life is going to continue throwing curveballs our way. That we can do nothing about. But what we do with it, how we show up in response to that, we always have a choice about. Right. So so what do we do? Like for me, it gave me the opportunity. I finished this book that I've been brewing for ten years. Mm. Eight, 10 years. Like finally I was able to sit my butt down, butt down and finish it. Yeah. I created I created this online coaching program that I've known for years I needed to do if, if I was gonna reach beyond, you know, and reach people who may never be able to come to a retreat. Right. This makes it doable. And and so it's a great life lesson that, yeah, that sucked. I didn't see that coming. And what am I gonna do about it? How am I gonna show up in response to it? Eight to ten years. I know you 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 mentioned that in the book as well. Yeah. Man, um, was it just, you know, writing a little bit here and there over, you know, in, in exactly. downtimes and things like that, and then it just kind of collected into to what it is? Yeah, and then I was doing what, what Chef was talking about, getting, I mean, doing good stuff. I was doing another right. retreat, another trip, another this, another that, but I wasn't doing what I knew I, had, I needed to do, which was finish this book. Um, and it was all good stuff. Right. So, so, but so this pandemic gave me the opportunity to just like cancel everything. Everything came to a stop and I was able to finally finish it. I said, all right, I've got this window of time. I don't know how long it's going to be. Let me make the most of it. What am I going to do with this time? Make the most of your time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's right on time though. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was supposed to come out when it came out. You know what I mean? You know, that's, that's really profound I, for, because for a while I was thinking, man, this is taking too long. And, and you know, that voice that, that you know well, you know, that you talk about the prison of the mind is, is that voice of self-doubt and second-guessing. And, yeah. and several times in the past few years, I thought, God, this is taking too long that I missed my opportunity. Yeah. Well, what a better time, right? For The book came out October of last year. What better time to be talking about power and what kind of leadership do we want? And, and most of us, like, right, from a personal perspective, like, have we had enough already? Like, are, are we going to reclaim our power now? Yeah, and what's it going to take? That's a, um, those are really, really heavy questions. Like, you know, w- what is it going to take? You know, w- w- like, 
the bag of bricks to fall on your head <laughs> to make you realize that I, I got to make a change. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. I got to yeah. I got to do something like um like with me personally, it's it's kind of like and like me and RL, we talk about it probably like every day for the last 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Um making a change, making that change, making that change, making that change, making that change. And 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 um you know, going going to battle with the voices like okay, like we just got to I don't know how I got to do this. I don't know how I'm going to make this work, but, but we got to tell these voices to shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Shh. That's that subconscious you know, can get like, loud. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, you know, with with your experience with the book, um I, that's it's kind of something I've been battling with. I'm I'm writing a book now, um but I'm at the beginning stages. Mm. Um and I battle with the quote unquote power of time. Like I I have this idea in my head of when it when I want to release it, but I'm giving too much power and energy to time because yeah. universally time, you know, time and space don't exist. So That's the right. the book That's will right. finish when it's supposed to be finished. That's right. That's the, right. the work, obviously the work needs to be put in and, and the work is being put in, but you know, putting myself on a deadline and, and, and looking at, Oh man, I didn't write enough words this month or something like that, you know, is, is self, you know, self afflicted wounds I'm putting on myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, that I really don't need to do. It's adding more pressure. Exactly. Uh, let me tell, let me tell you this story for my first book, because this one I self published, but the first one was, you know, by a New York publisher. So they gave me a year and I missed a deadline um, because every time I thought I have to write a book, I would freeze. I would just like, who am I to write a book? Can I write a book? Do I want to be in the public eye? Do I want my thoughts and my writing to be judged and criticized? Do I, <laughs> right. do I want to be a target? You right. know, for for people who are going to think differently and and judge me for that, and so I was, so every time I got caught up in this in this bigness of it, I would not not write. So then I missed the first deadline. I thought, all right, now I really have to do it. I spent the third of the advance that they gave, gave me up front. I already spent that. I have to finish this, and then I had the breakthrough in thinking about it. So I said, all right, if I think of each chapter as a term paper, it's like I've done term papers. I've done a bunch of term papers. Mm-hmm. And I can do that, right? So, so it's like how, you know, like 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 Bishop Tutu says, you know, Desmond Tutu, like, how do you eat an elephant? A bite at a time. Break it, break it down into smaller, doable pieces, right? So don't get caught up in, oh my God, I got to write a book. Like, all right, this quarter I'm gonna finish this chapter. This month I'm gonna do blah blah blah. Right. And and then you do that, and it kind of build. You keep building on that. And then you turn around and look and you got, you know, 300 pages, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I mean, just the, the, like I said, I've said it before, man, just, just the, the act of writing a book to me in my mind, is just like amazing. You know, the process is intriguing. Um, where do you, where do you draw inspiration from? Uh, I, I want to write a book one day. I mean, I, I really want to write a book. Don't know. What about? I mean, of course, cook cookbook, but I, I think it's just really, it's really um, amazing. You know, the whole process. You know, just writing books. Yeah, that's that's and some dope shit. Books. Are, that, that that's history. History that can't be taken away, man. Right, you know? right. That's yeah. beautiful, man. Beautiful thing. Um, Thank couple, you so very much, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank we you. appreciate everything you're doing. I know our viewers are as well. Um, everybody, listen. Waking the soul of power, Christian De La Huerta. Definitely pick this up. Um, I want to get to a few more of these uh, bullet points that you have on here. But um, you brought up on your retreats that you know you you focus a lot of them on or all of them on on women. Where did that stem from? And 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 kind of give us a little bit more of a, a background on that. Yeah, not not all of them. The most most of my retreats are okay. for everybody. The book is for everybody. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has a particular message for women, um, and it comes from my belief that the single most important thing that needs to happen in the world is the empowerment of women. And it's not to put women up on a pedestal. It's not to to say women can't abuse power. Of course they do. Um, 
And it's not to give women more shit to clean up, right? More shit to have to do and like, clean up another mess. It's, it's because as a, as a world, as a species, we've, we've been running off balance yes. in terms of the balance between the genders. Um, and so when women are in 50% of power in the world, we're going to have a very different relationship to war and poverty and hunger and social justice and, and wealth distribution and how we treat the environment, all of it. So, so that's where I'm coming from. And by the way, this, this more patriarchal way of relating to power, which is power over, I'm going to push you down so that I can feel powerful, whereas the more feminine, if you would, expression of power is power with. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, the, the hierarchical is, comes from a false premise that power is zero sum, so that you're having power takes away from mine. It's like, right. wait a minute. Right. Why should you have empowered take away from mine? I know who I am. I can handle anything that you do, anything you throw my way, I can handle. Right? So when I'm in my power, I'm not threatened by anybody else's power. I can celebrate and support somebody else to step into their power. I, I can dig that. I mean, that's, that's like yeah. he writes like, about that in the book too. It's, right. it's really deep. Yeah. Right and on. let's talk about the men for a minute, because, you know, this system of toxic masculinity, we've gotten a little confused. We've got this twisted definition of what it means to be a man and and so and it's not working for men either mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right of course it hasn't worked for women and the oppression of women is no no longer sustainable or acceptable um but here's here's the way let's look at some numbers in this country let's look at rates of suicide men commit suicide in the u.s four times as frequently as women 70% of the suicides in this country are committed by middle-aged white men. Interesting, huh? Hmm. Let's, let's look at longevity. Women outlive men by five years in this country, globally by seven years. What's up with that? Right? So, so this system that seems to favor men and in some ways does, doesn't work for men either. Right. And one of the ways, one of the reasons for that is that we've got this twisted definition of what it means to be a man. And so you got to walk around like this, like tough men and not feel like robots. And the emotions are not weakness. They're not strength. They're not good. They're not bad. They're just energy. What used to be spiritual teaching that everything is energy. Now we know from physics, from quantum physics, yeah. that it's true. Yeah, everything it's true. is energy. Everything. That means the body's energy, even though it feels solid, it's energy. Yep. The emotions are energy. Energy cannot be destroyed. So just because we stuff and we swallow our emotions doesn't mean they go away. Nope. Right, 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 it's right. Stuck in the body. Yep. And those energies have to come out one way or another. So either we stuff it and we stuff it and we stuff it. And then the next unfortunate one comes and they rub us the wrong way and we explode inappropriately and we cause harm to our relationships. Or we stuff it, we stuff it, we stuff it. It has to come out, right? Then it starts showing up in physical symptoms, cancer, heart attacks, ulcers. It's got to come out one way or another. So we might as well learn how to feel and how we're feeling and learn how to communicate those feelings responsibly, right. courageously. We don't, we don't want to go around throwing tantrums like a two-year-old, <laughs> but we got to own right that it's our feelings it. and we have to learn how to express them in a way that they can be heard. Right. And, and heard and not heard without offending someone. Exactly. Or, 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 putting it into a competition realm or something like that. Exactly. Like heard to, to gain understanding. Or pointing the finger, right? Every time right. we say, you did this, it's your fault, right? Because that's what the ego mind does. Yep. The ego mind does never takes responsibility. Never. Always taking blame. I mean, pointing the finger of blame. But if we want to step into our power, as long as we're holding someone or something outside of us responsible for our state of being, for our happiness, we just give our power away. So as long as we're blaming what mom did or what dad didn't do or the teacher, the minister, society, racism, sexism, homophobia, if it only wasn't for that, then I would be fine. We just gave our power again. That's kind of that's kind of the bad news and the good news. Right. right. Curse, kind of, so to speak. I, <laughs> like it's it's and it's 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 crazy how often we do that. I mean, like how often we do that to the point that it's almost like it's kind of natural to like. It's fucked up, but it's kind of natural to give your power away. Like, yeah. it's it seemed like it's been deemed natural. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. like you say, you don't want to hurt anybody, um, but yet 
you reside in a, in a place of misery, but you're That's still true. thinking about the other person's feeling. Nine times out of ten, they don't give a fuck about your feelings. You right. dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're kind of like, and and that's kind of like how I am personally. Like, you know, I I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. But yet, when I look down at my feet, my toes are bleeding because <laughs> people been yes. tap dancing on my toes. Right. You feel me? <laughs> so I can Very dig true. it. Very true. Right. And we're not doing anybody any good by staying in a relationship in which we're miserable. Because no. if we're miserable, guaranteed they're not happy either. They can't be. No. And and sometimes we we stay because we don't we feel we don't want to hurt them or we feel like blah blah blah. But what if what if we were actually doing them a disservice by staying? What if by us having the courage to step outside of the relationship, we're also freeing them to have a chance at happiness? Yeah. That's yeah. true. That is true. Christian De La Huerta, everybody. Um, I want to read a couple of these and then I, I want you to plug everything that you got going on, man. Here's, a, here's another one. Um, overriding fear for the sake of personal growth and spiritual evolution in order to achieve a better world. That's the stuff of heroes. Transcending reactivity with our, while bringing choice back into the equation. That's the stuff of heroes taking on personal accountability for all our actions and responsibility for all situations in our lives. And the last one is being willing to dive deep inside and face down our own. I'm sorry, uh, deep inside and face down our own inner demons, the monster of self-doubt, incapacitating fear, the possibility of failure. Heroes face overwhelming obstacles, overcome seemingly insurmountable odds and defeat impossible enemies. That's the stuff of heroes. That's the stuff of heroes. And there's one inside each and every one of us. For sure, man. Hell yeah. We just got to let it out. We got to unleash them. Yes, we do. Awakening the solar power, everybody. Um, is this available Amazon everywhere or available everywhere? Books are sold on Amazon at your local bookstore, wherever you wherever you get your books. Perfect, perfect. Plug. Um, let 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 everyone know where they can find you. Uh, probably the best way is my website, and then from there they can access my social media. My website is soulfulpower.com. Soulfulpower. What's, what's your um social media? Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, but yeah, probably the best way is to go to my website and then they can link from there. Okay. Oh, they have oh, everything oh. there. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Well, we want to, we want to thank you for coming on, man. Um, thank you so you know, very much. We'd love to have you on again at some point as well. And I know as you continue to do stuff, um, you know, we, you know, the next book and the, in the series, we'd love to have you on to talk about that as well. Absolutely. And, um, you do start the retreats again. Let us know. Please. We'd love to, we'd love to be a part of that as well. Pack, yeah, pack up everything, make your priority there. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love hanging out with you guys. Thanks for having me. I love what you're doing in the world. Thank, thank you, you for what you're doing. Thank you and so very much. You're making a difference in many, many lives. So I thank appreciate you. appreciate it. And thank everybody you. out on Facebook, thanks for joining in. YouTube, all of that good stuff as he knocks over the phone. Right We're on. good. <laughs> Anything you want to say to the people, Chef? Um, hey, man, big things are coming. Stay tuned. Uh, it's, it's our time. It's our time. Minds Like Minds podcast, everybody. Y'all be good. Peace.